Hello, I'm Tanya Hickman of the Joyful Vegan Caravan at the Otago Farmer's Market. Each week we sell amazing vegan food to the people of Dunedin and visitors from the Invercargill Vegan Society. You're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, well. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Dunedin Vegans Rock. This episode... Jen and I travelled north to the city of Dunedin. Three times the size of Invercargill, there are vegan-friendly businesses as far as the eye can see. Doubly so if you're nearsighted and situated right in front of the Joyful Vegan. Before we relive our trip to Dunedin, there will be another animal rights conference this year in New Zealand. Jenny and I have already booked our plane tickets to the capital city of Wellington in the North Island, and we're very excited. It's scheduled for late July, three months away, and we can't wait. You can hear my trip to the 2011 National Animal Rights Conference in Auckland in episode 61, Auckland Antics. I'll include a link in this episode's show notes, episode 61. It feels so long ago, but I still sound the same. Lecturing, demanding, whining, monotoning. Here are my diary entries, recorded in a tiny hotel room late at night. By the way, during the end of the first recording, I realised how paper-thin the walls were that I didn't want to badmouth the hotel, with management possibly listening. Recording these, I was no doubt keeping the entire floor awake, just as bad as the huge fat guy next door watching bad sci-fi on his laptop. The year is 3069, all the men have died except for one nerdy gentleman who has his pick of all Earth's most beautiful ladies on the condition he repopulate the Earth. Oh, and the woman literally meters away from my room, who had a huge fight on the phone the first night, using the F word literally a hundred times. I heard a snippet. The last thing I remember is you hitting my head against... And then, when that phone call was over, I didn't go over and offer help because she apparently had a friend staying with her. The very next night, I found out her female friend was a little more than just a friend, as they became uh, very intimate and vocal, with one of the drunken lesbians slurring to the shower, Babe, I'll get a bottle of wine and shag you all night! Yes, fun times in Auckland, New Zealand. And with that mental image, may I present to you a series of recordings featuring a strange young man talking into an iPhone headset late at night, in a very small, lime green, white and purple painted hotel room. Hello everyone from Auckland, New Zealand. Well, it's the 20th of July and it's 42 years to the very day that Neil Armstrong and some other guy and that uh, Buzz Aldrin and uh, Michael Collins was flying around the space pod. And... Lecturing, demanding, whining, monotoning, making fun of a guy's weight. Two years on and I'm still a jerk. And speaking of vocal lesbians, that's a good catchphrase, it's a good headline for a trashy newspaper, right? Speaking of vocal lesbians, last night New Zealand voted to be the 13th country in the world to have equal marriage rights. I'm thrilled for all my gay and lesbian friends. 
Honestly, I'll never forget where I was at the moment Parliament gave equal marriage rights to all New Zealanders, heterosexual and homosexual alike. I was in bed with Jen, eating Indian takeaway food, chana masala and onion bhaji with rice, while watching The Breakfast Club. It's a great story to tell our future children. You see, son, on that historic night, your old ma and pa were in bed watching a movie from the 1980s, The Breakfast Club with Molly Ringwald. And you know who else was huge in the 80s, don't you? Yep, Michael Jackson. Wow! I'll never forget, and I'm so glad that New Zealand is now lucky 13th in the world. This year's Animal Rights Conference is being held in Wellington, not Auckland. Perhaps this year, the lesbian couple who keep us up all night will be legally married. Hotel rooms will always have paper-thin walls, but at least in terms of human rights, we're making some progress. Here's the moment the bill was passed. Of allowing gay marriage in New Zealand. The eyes are 77, the nose are 44. The debate leading up to the vote lasted over two hours and was at times both passionate... And here is a fantastic speech from a centre-right politician, Maurice Williamson. I'm a Green Party supporter, but regardless of politics, this speech is bloody awesome. It's been heard around the world, much like Cats, the musical. Speaker, I too will be taking a split call with my colleague Jamie Lee Ross, a sort of the young and the vibrant versus the old and the boring. And sir, and you, yeah, and, and members of the House will be forced to choose which one is which, sir. Sir, I want to first of all congratulate Louisa Wall for this bill. And I want to say, sir, that the good news about the years in this Parliament is you learn to deflect all of the dreadful uh, sort of fire and brimstone accusations that are going to happen, sir. I've had a reverend in my local electorate call, the gay onslaught will start the day after this bill is passed. Uh, sir, we are really struggling to know what the gay onslaught will look like. We don't know if it'll come down the Pakaranga Highway as a series of troops, or whether it'll be a gas that flows in over the electorate and locks us all in. I, I also, sir, had a Catholic priest tell me that I was supporting an unnatural act. I found that quite interesting coming from someone who's taken an oath of celibacy for his whole life. <laughs> I always thought, celibacy, OK, we'll go with celibacy. OK, I, I haven't done it, so I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I also had a letter telling me I would burn in the fires of hell for eternity, and that was a bad mistake because I've got a degree in physics. I used the thermodynamic laws of, uh, of physics. I put in my body weight and my uh, humidity and so on. I assumed the furnace to be at 5,000 degrees and I will last for just on 2.1 seconds. <laughs> it's hardly eternity, what do you think? And some more disgusting claims about what adoption would be. Well, sir, I've got three fantastic adopted kids. I know how good adoption is and I found some of it just disgraceful. I found some of the bullying tactics really evil. And, sir, I gave up being scared of bullies when I was at primary school. However, a huge amount of the opposition was from moderates, from people who were concerned, who were seriously worried what this might do to the fabric of our society. I respect their concern. I respect their worry. They were worried about what it might do to their families and so on. Let me repeat to them now, sir. All we are doing with this bill is allowing two people who love each other to have that love recognised by way of marriage. That is all we are doing. We are not declaring nuclear war on a foreign state. 
We are not bringing a virus in that could wipe out our agriculture sector forever. We are allowing two people who love each other to have that recognised. And I can't see what's wrong with that for love nor money, sir. I just cannot. I cannot understand why someone would be opposed. I understand why people don't like what it is that others do. That's fine. We're all in that category. But I give a promise to those people who are opposed to this bill right now. I give you a watertight guaranteed promise. The sun will still rise tomorrow. Your teenage daughter will still argue back with you as if she knows everything. Your mortgage will not grow. You will not have skin diseases or rashes or toads in your bed, sir. The world will just carry on. So don't make this into a big deal. This is fantastic for the people it affects, but for the rest of us, life will go on. And finally, can I say, sir, one of the messages I had was that this bill was the cause of our drought. <laughs> this bill was the cause of our drought. Well, if any of you follow my Twitter account, you will see that in the Pakaranga electorate this morning, it was pouring with rain. We have the most enormous big gay rainbow across my electorate. It has to be a sign, sir. It has to be a sign. If you're a believer, it's certainly a sign. And can I finish for all those who are concerned about this with a quote from the Bible. It's Deuteronomy. I thought Deuteronomy was a cat out of cats, but never mind. It's Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 1, verse 29. Be ye not afraid. Well done, Maurice Williamson, and well done, New Zealand. Okay, onwards and upwards. Let's drive 200 kilometres north to the wonderful city of Dunedin. Jenny and I had a lovely time. We went through the main city and a couple of small towns and surrounding bays. During our visit to Portobello, I spotted a fantastic Doctor Who litter box. As I took some photos to share with friends on Facebook who love the TV series, and as we were walking back to Jen's car, a freaking siren went off. You wouldn't believe how loud this was in real life, <laughs> so I'll just leave it really quiet because it will blow out your eardrums. Now, I've never really watched Doctor Who, but I don't think the air-splitting siren is related to the letterbox or the TV series. Jen claims it's for volunteer firefighters in small towns, but I reckon that Portobello is not particularly vegan-friendly, and we'd been detected. Either that, or they hate animal rights activists, or they hate people from Invercargill. Take your pick. But you know somewhere that loves vegans, and at least tolerates people from Invercargill visiting for a weekend? Dunedin. Dunedin has many examples of fine vegan food. In fact, there's recently been a competition here in New Zealand to share our favourite recipes, and a Dunedin vegan is currently in the lead. I managed to interview Chelsea Slobay about her upside-down pineapple cake, which happens to be vegan. As a featured recipe on the website, Chelsea stars in television ads demonstrating her recipe. This video is seen each week during primetime television. It's an excellent form of vegan activism. 
Welcome to Kiwi Faze, home of our favourite food ideas. I'm here with Chelsea. Well, my favourite food idea is a chocolate pineapple upside down cake. My mum taught me how to cook. When I was a toddler, she used to sit me up in a laundry basket on the bench. As soon as I could sit up, I had a wooden spoon in my hand. And is this your own recipe? I found this really cool recipe in a Edmunds cookbook for kids. I wanted to kind of adapt it and change it a bit because recently I've become a vegan. Nice. So I like to try and make things a bit healthier. And not only does this cake taste good, you're going to feel amazing afterwards. All right. Flip. Over we go. Ta-da. And your experience is a pretty cake equal a tasty cake? I think so. Mm, that is a good cake. You can't tell that there's no eggs or like a dairy in there. That's, no, that's no amazing. No, in there. That's Chelsea's Kiwi Fave. So why don't you jump online, grab a recipe, and share your favourite food idea at kiwifaves.co.nz. Mum never used to let me lick the bowl. Mm. How awesome is that? I found out about Dunedin Vegan Chelsea Slow Bay just after we left Dunedin, but don't fret, loyal listeners. I've still managed to interview her through the wonders of Skype. And joining us today is Chelsea Slow Bay, a Dunedin vegan who had her fantastic chocolate pineapple upside-down cake featured by a recipe website called Kiwi Faves. The website for Kiwi Faves describes itself as such. Kiwi Faves is about showcasing the unique stories and food ideas of everyday New Zealanders. If you think you've got a top Kiwi breakfast, lunch, dinner or snack idea using homegrown produce and products, we'd love to hear about it. By entering your story here, you'll have the chance to be celebrated on national TV and who knows, if you have a great food idea, you may become New Zealand's next Kiwi favourite. Chelsea's cake is currently the highest rated recipe and it's vegan! I found out about Chelsea after she was recorded by Kiwi Faves, and her video went viral around the New Zealand vegan community. It's fantastic to see a proudly vegan recipe get such recognition. Chelsea's story is similar to the American chef Chloe, who won a cupcake contest with her vegan cupcakes, propelling veganism into the spotlight back in 2010. The idea that vegan food could taste better than non-vegan, wow, that was mind-blowing for much of the mainstream mindset. Chelsea, thank you very much for sharing such a great recipe. It's a rise and absolute pleasure. How did you decide to make your vegan chocolate pineapple upside down cake recipe? Well, I saw um, the Kiwi Faves website and one of my friends um, entered in a recipe and she got to be on TV as well. And uh, I have a food blog, and I'm very much a foodie, and I'm baking. So I thought, well, she can do it, so can I. And um, so I wanted to make something healthy, because I study human nutrition and really into having healthy food, and also vegan as well. And I had heard of black bean brownies, which are one of my favorites to make. And I love that they've got lots of protein in them, as well as being a treat food. And so I thought about making a black bean chocolate cake. And one of my favourite recipes growing up was a pineapple upside down cake. And since becoming vegan, I thought I'd kind of adapt it and change it a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And um, also add a bit of a kiwi spin with the chocolate and pineapple, like a pineapple lump. And so the cake was born. Oh, great. And would you like to share your food blog, Chelsea? Yes, um, it is called Healthy Chelsea and it's um, .blogspot.co.nz Oh great, thank you. Healthychelsea.blogspot.co.nz 
Um, thank you. It looks a wonderful website and I'll be sure to check it in the future. Thank you. How long have you been vegan for, Chelsea, and what was it that made you decide to be vegan? Well, I've only actually been vegan for a couple of months. I became a vegan in about August, October of last year, and um, I'd been a vegetarian for about one and a half years before that, and I had seen um, a food blog called Oh She Grows, and it's an amazing vegan food blog. And it kind of just made me realize that vegan food can be absolutely amazing and you can really eat whatever you like. You've just got to kind of change the science around where you get things from. And so that kind of opened my eyes a wee bit about what vegan food was like. And then because I was a vegetarian, I looked on lots of vegetarian food blogs. I came across quite a few vegan food blogs and they kind of influenced me in ways of um, going vegan and about, you know, where our food comes from and how it gets to our plates, how, you know, um, baby calves have to die and baby chicks have to die and what it does to the environment. And so that got me thinking a bit. And then um, there was a Eco Green Week at uni and um, one of the groups put on um, a documentary called Vegucated. And just after watching that, I just made my decision. I just knew from then I had to be vegan. Oh, great. So did you find Vegucated a good documentary? Oh, it was fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. It's really good. <laughs> Were you nervous about entering a vegan recipe into the competition? And did you think that you might be discriminate, discriminated against because vegan cakes do not include yummy ingredients like pig's blood and unicorn hoof clippings? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't too nervous about entering it because um, some food are just accidentally vegan, like Oreos. Um, so I thought, you know, it would be really good for the appeal for being dairy and egg-free for people who are intolerant. And um, I did have suspicions whether I might not get chosen because... Um, Goodman Fielder, the main company behind Kiwi Faves, also um, has owns brands in bacon and butter and dairy as well. So they might think promoting veganism would not want people to buy their products. So I wasn't too sure, but I was amazed that I got picked. It was really it was such a dream true. Oh, great. In your featured video, you look so confident while being recorded for television. Were you nervous at all about demonstrating your vegan recipe? Um, I wasn't too nervous. I was really excited. Um, it, the filming was fantastic. It was really casual and um, it wasn't scripted or anything. So I basically had to go in and just make the cake and talk to Aaron, who was the presenter. And the film crew and the director were absolutely lovely. And they just occasionally stopped me if they wanted me to say something again or to get a close-up. But um, it, was, yeah, it was all very relaxed. It, you didn't feel like you were being filmed or put on the spot or anything. So, yeah, that was really cool. Awesome. With such a great response to your veganised recipe for a chocolate pineapple upside-down cake, do you have any more Chelsea's confectionery concoctions to share with the country? Oh, I think I have a few up my sleeve. Um, <laughs> it was my flatmate's birthday recently. And she wanted a lumberjack cake, which is basically like an apple dessert cake with a coconut topping. And 
I love veganized recipes. It's one of my favorite hobbies. And I couldn't find any vegan versions of this cake. So I just thought, well, I'll just veganize it. And um, that's on my blog. And so that went down really, really well. And um, what else have I made? I, oh, for Easter, I made these little um, chocolate chip cookie dough truffles, which is basically um, just chocolate chip cookie dough, and you dip it in melted chocolate. And um, to put a bit of an Easter spin on it, I made little crosses with um, vegan white chocolate, um, so little hot cross buns. Oh, excellent. They look very good at all, indeed. I can see them on your on your website, healthychelsea.blogspot.co.nz. Well, thank you very much for your great vegan recipe, Chelsea, and I'm looking forward to seeing more recipes on your blog and keeping up with all the great ideas you have and uh, veganizing recipes, making non-vegan foods vegan. I think that's a great hobby to have, so thank you. Yeah, so it's so pleasure. I just love it so much. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to interview and thank you for making people all across New Zealand and perhaps the world be able to see veganism in a really positive light. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for your time, Chelsea. You can find her blog at healthychelsea.blogspot.com healthychelsea.blogspot.com And staying with the letter C, after hearing from Chelsea, let's check in at Circadian Rhythm, a great vegetarian cafe with many vegan options. I spoke with Circadian Rhythm owner Sue. So here I am in the vegan mecca of the south, I'm in Dunedin, and I'm with the owner of Circadian Rhythm, a great vegetarian and vegan cafe in Dunedin. How are you today, Sue? I'm good, thank you. What is it like to own and operate a vegetarian cafe? It's awesome. I just love it. It's great. We, we're just so passionate and about it, and we put so much love into it. It's just great, yeah. <laughs> Do you think most of your customers are vegetarian or vegan, or are there lots of people interested in trying different food? Uh, most of my customers are vegan and vegetarian, and there's lots of people that come in here just try. And once they've tried my food, they don't want to go back. You know, they keep coming back. <laughs> yep. If someone came to Circadian Rhythm, what kind of food would you recommend on the menu? What would be some of your favourites? My favourites are falafel wrap, confritter steak, tofu vegetable stir fried, deluxe dog, which contains mushrooms and tofu. Yeah. And if someone wanted to make a, a vegan restaurant of their own, what would you say? Would you recommend that they go for it in a different city, of course? Or? I would recommend them to go for it, and they could use the name Circadian Rhythm. They're welcome to. There's no charge for franchise. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm really glad to, to be able to come here and to be... The, this is my second time now. I came last night, and it's, it's wonderful to be at Circadian Rhythm with Jen and yourself and to meet everyone. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. While at Circadian Rhythm... We met New Zealand hero to the animals, Carl Scott, the man in a cage. Carl locked himself in a cage for a month to protest animal welfare conditions in New Zealand. He's now become a very well-known vegan animal rights activist. That's what he is. And as a friend, uh, we asked Carl, for looking after hens so well and knowing so much about chickens, if he would sign our door for the hen home that we have here in Invercargill. So we sent the door to the new hen house all around New Zealand to be autographed and signed by our vegan friends who look after chickens. And so it's been signed by people all over New Zealand, although particularly Carl in Dunedin, Otago, and my friends Romina, Susan, Deirdre, and Kath, who all live in Auckland. 
So now it's got all these signatures from vegans who are committed to looking after hens and roosters, Catholics after roosters, and it's protecting the hens at night from cats and other animals outside. It keeps the hens safe and warm, keeps the drafts out, and it's filled with love. <laughs> and you can see the hen home renovation on the Invercargill Vegan Society website, invsoc.org.nz, I-N-V-S-O-C.org.nz. You'll see it there, Hen Home Renovation, with lots of photos of the hen friends. Okay, so we know Dunedin has superb vegan food, but what else do you do when visiting the city of Dunedin? I mean, you've jumped on a plane and flown from London, or Los Angeles, or Laos, or Lo- Laos, yeah, that's how I say it, or Lithuania, or Liberia, or Libya, or Luxembourg and flown 20-odd hours to get to Dunedin, New Zealand. You haven't just come for a fantastic chocolate pineapple upside-down cake, right? I mean, it's totally awesome, and was a huge hit at the last Invercargill Vegan Society potluck, but we all know the reason you make the pilgrimage to Dunedin. To climb the world's steepest street. Jen and I are currently descending Baldwin Street. Do you think it's as steep as they claim, Jen? Yeah, flip, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good view, though. Awesome view, lovely, and there's even a couple of houses for sale up the top here, if anyone's keen. Be a great place for a vegan stall, selling vegan hot dogs, mm-hmm. or I think so. Maybe, maybe something refreshing, uh, <laughs> like a, a drink, some kind of drink would be good. Some liquid, some vegan liquids. Well, there is free water at the top, and you can't compete with free. So. I did, I did have a bit of that, but I was wondering, sort of, what had happened to the water fountain before I drank out of the water fountain, <laughs> and I was trying to put those thoughts out of my mind. But, um, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a good walk, a good hike. Baldwin Street, Dunedin. And it really is very, very, very steep. Almost every part of Dunedin City seems to be perched on a hill, and Baldwin Street is the steepest residential street in the world. Hey, Julie, how's it going? You good? Awesome, lovely to see you, Julie Gunn of Wellington. Ha! <laughs> My friend Julie has a radio show called Animal Rights and Wrongs. The last two episodes in a row she's mentioned me by name, on air. Here's the last incident. Hearing this during our lunch break at work, I was so surprised I nearly choked on a Marmite sandwich. The voice in my head was talking to me, whispering in my ear. Totally surreal it was. We're going to have some locally produced music. So... Hang on in there. Hey, if you are a music artist or any other kind of artist, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. We would love to play and promote what you are doing. Oh, man, there are so many creative, talented, interesting people. I'm incredibly blessed. Like, the Wellington vegan community is just bursting with it. Um, And then beyond that, just the conversations, you know, you're able to have with people. Just, yeah, interesting, compassionate people. Tell you what, if, you, if you're feeling you need to, I don't know, broaden your circle a little bit, broaden your horizons, I don't know, meet new people, get out of your routine, try something new, <laughs> talk to a vegan. Uh, I don't know, like, I, cannot, I cannot recommend um, yeah, the, the Wellington vegans and the circles I've moved in enough. Jordan, yes, <gasps> kia ora, good morning, hello. <gasps> hi. Uh, uh, down there hi. at Invercargill in, in Vegan Society, and obviously everybody down there rocking, rocking the vegan party that rocks the party. <laughs> yes, um, we are. Yeah, he was a little surprised to hear me having a, a conversation, one-sided conversation yes, with I him, was. giving him a shout-out the other day. It's what I do, shouting out to people. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Hey, uh... So tell me about that nasty rash, Julie. You have a what on your wear? A nasty boil on your bottom that needs to be lanced? Ugh, why are you sharing this with us, Julie? Huh? You've got a top-secret crush on Tom at your work? Well, I better stop this one-sided conversation right now before you tell us your Facebook password is PimpleBumJulieLovesTom, all hyphenated. Tricky to type out on a phone, but probably more secure than my Facebook password, Jordan1234. Last, but certainly not least, we visited the Joyful Vegan in Dunedin. Each Saturday, at the Otago Farmer's Market, there's a great food stall called The Joyful Vegan. It's a caravan selling food with massive lines and a dining area at the back. And it's all vegan. So we're sitting here at The Joyful Vegan and we've just had, I've had the burger. And what have you had, Jen? Um, that was, geez, what was it? Meatball. It was called Meatball something or other. Grinder? Ah, the meatball grinder, and I had the meatball grinder with the works, which included mushrooms and lots of onions and sausage. <laughs> and so we've been looking forward to coming here for quite a while, up from Invercargill to Dunedin, and it was lovely. Um, the How would you describe the sausages that are in your meatball sausage grinder Absolutely thing? Absolutely delicious. The whole thing was delicious, and prices are really, really cheap, and the food's really not cheap, it's just... Amazing place. If you're ever in Dunedin, you have to come here. It is the vegan Mecca. <laughs> and the sausage is actually quite similar to how Russell makes them on, on our website, the Invercargill Vegan Society website, the best vegan sausage. So he steams them and they're sort of like a... They're very interesting. The spices are very good. So we've had a wonderful time here. And what other stores have we seen here today? Well, I did, I did spot a... I did spot a uh, Lebanese food stand... And um, that looks interesting, so I would like to go back to that and have a chat with that lady and see what she puts in her food. And it's busy, they've got tempeh, they've got all kinds of wonderful things. Oh, the they have vegan Joyful cheese vegan. here at the Joyful Vegan. Joyful Vegan Caravan, they've got all kinds of things. We actually bought a coconut cake. We bought the last slice of coconut cake, which is a really huge slab for like $3.50. It looks really delicious. We'll have to wait till later to eat that because we're quite full right now. They have yes, uh, kale and tempeh, things that are really more unusual. Um, they have them. They, they have a real good variety of both savoury and sweet dishes, uh, and they also have tables for dining at. The tables are normally quite crowded, so you get to share with other people, and meet other people and be social. Ninety-five percent of the people who are here are not vegan. They always have queues of people waiting for food. They have uh, the whole family work on the operation. You've got the young daughter who's the waitress and the son who sells the sweet items, and you've got three. Uh, family members who are in the caravan. They all make a great team together and they produce fantastic products that we we all should um, make use of when we're underneath them. Yeah, I think we should hook the caravan up to the back of your car when we're returning home and just sort of lock the doors, bolt them in and this is where you live now. <laughs> so it's been wonderful here at the Joyful Vegan Food Caravan at the Dunedin Farmer's Market. It's actually called the Otago Farmer's Market Pass, Jordan. But don't worry, present Jordan will correct you and future Jordan will correct correct me if I'm wrong again. <laughs> and so it was such an awesome place to visit, the Joyful Vegan. It was just packed. They have massive lines and it's just wonderful. So I had to wait to ask Tanya for an interview and she was very kind and she let me interview her over Skype. 
The Joyful Vegan is a delightful food caravan offering superb vegan food at the Otago Farmers Market each Saturday. Jen and I were lucky enough to visit the Joyful Vegan during our Dunedin visit. We were amazed by the wide variety of vegan food and the huge lines of people desperate to eat at family-run The Joyful Vegan. Joining us today is Tanya Hickman of The Joyful Vegan. Tanya, what is your secret? You know, I just, um, I have a big customer service background in North America and I just wanted to bring some of that into um, Dunedin. So I wanted people to be treated the way I wanted to be treated and I wanted them to eat food that I loved and in an environment that I thought was really comfortable and I just, it was all pretty simple and it seems to have really worked. <laughs> so it, none of it was very hard, like you just treat people the way you want to be treated and yeah, it's people seem to appreciate it and enjoy it. Just for listeners in North America, what part of the USA did you work in? Well, um, I'm from New Zealand originally, but I um, worked for quite a time in British Columbia and then Boston okay. and then Southern California. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so it was fun. How long have your family been running The Joyful Vegan? Um, just over two years, so two years in February. And it was originally a Hare Krishna caravan that we actually were customers at for a long time. So we knew <laughs> guy who, uh, because it was one of the few places in town we could go and be vegan and and um, and be accepted. <laughs> and so um, yeah, when he decided to to sell it, we just um, I was a chef and I just thought that that seemed like a really good fit. So we we took it and changed it up a bit and, and um, it's just, it's taken off. It's enormous, the response we've had. I'm just so grateful to the Dunedin and, and, and wider community on how supportive they've been of us. It's incredible. Awesome. Awesome to hear that. How long have you and your family been vegan, Tanya, and, and what made it, what made you decide to be vegan in the first place? Um, I've been asked this question a few times in interviews. It's kind of hard to remember. I don't know about you, but mine wasn't an overnight thing. It was such a gradual thing. Um, so I think it's about seven years, although in there I you know, had a few hiccups as I was sort of figuring out what it really meant to me along the way. But uh, we went vegan for health reasons. We have a history of um, a family history of uh, heart problems and, and other stuff, and we were just determined that wasn't going to become us. So we really wanted to you know, live a long, healthful life. So we did a lot of research and, and the vegan diet just made perfect sense. So we became vegan. <laughs> and then um, it's hard to keep things up just for health reasons, even though we did for several years, although Ted, my partner, has never wavered at all. Um, so I did waver. But then as the more I the more I learned about the environmental impact, which has always been really important to me, and then finally just the ethical issues, it just um, became really easy. Like once the, the decision to really become vegan probably four or five years ago, um, then it was from there on in, it was simple. So now I, I call myself an ethical vegan. I'm definitely vegan for all of the reasons, and I'm encourage people to be vegan for any reason at all or even part vegan or whatever it takes to have people do less damage to this planet and to animals and to themselves but now I if I'm asked I call myself an ethical um, vegan because that's why I've stuck with it is um, just doing the least amount of damage I can and being as compassionate as I can in this area. Well, that sounds great. How has it been for your whole family, like your children? Have they found it easy to be vegan as well and to help out with the Joyful Vegan food store as well? Oh, well, the vegan part, they're, they're 
as their choice, even though they're, you know, 10 and 14 and um, or 9 and 14, almost 10. Even though people don't really believe that, but they, they are vegan by choice. I mean, we always have talked to them about what it meant and, and if any point that they felt strongly that isn't what they wanted to do, then we have to allow them that. But they've never felt any differently. They feel ve being vegan is the right thing for them. Um, but as far as the, the Joyful Vegan, it's a lot of work and people don't see that. They think we just turn up for a couple of hours and have a good time on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> but we're so committed to making everything from scratch right from the beginning. So, you know, right from soaking the organic chickpeas through to the hummus sort of thing. <laughs> so um, they get involved in, in some of it. Some weeks I think they, they love it because, you know, they're a family that their parents own a bakery. And then other weeks, um, they hate it. But I think overall, they really enjoy it. They're proud of it and they like working it. That's the part they really like. So the rest of it sometimes, you know, when we're doing three or four hours worth of dishes on Saturday afternoon, they're less thrilled. But it's I think <laughs> for kids to, to know what the real world is. And I think working in a family business is definitely a great wake-up call for kids. Yeah. Plus, we also homeschool our kids. So it's a great homeschooling moment, <laughs> you know, so we can teach them a lot through the business. <laughs> Did you have any concerns about operating a vegan food business here in New Zealand? You know, um, none at all. And I probably should have because I had a lot of people tell me I shouldn't do it, including um, Harvey, the gentleman I bought the business from, who was vegan and always felt too nervous about going vegan in the caravan. The caravan wasn't vegan, it was vegetarian. And um, he counseled me strongly against removing, you know, cow's milk and, cow and cow's milk cheese and things like that. And I just was adamant, like I was going to do it on my terms or not do it at all. And um, Ted and I talked about it long and hard because I was working. I went back and got chef's training and worked in restaurants and stuff. And I was having to deal with meat um, and then when I w did some work in vegetarian restaurants, I don't even find that that much easier. I don't, I never really have seen that much of a difference between consuming flesh or consuming the milk from a cow, even though I know a lot of people do and everybody's to their own, but it, I didn't find it that much easier to serve people cow's milk or cow's flesh. They both felt ethically wrong to me. So I just... It was just a decision that we made and we just said either the business stands on its own or it fails, like that's all there is to it. And I'd had enough people where I'd cook for them and know that they get over it. Most of our friends are not vegan and my family now, <laughs> a lot of them are vegan, but at the time they weren't. But And people just get over it. If the food's great and you um, share it with, you know, joy and love in your cooking and stuff, they like it. So I just felt that we could do it and people would accept it. And they have. Most of our customers are not vegan and people are fine with it. Well, that's so awesome to hear and well done to you and all your family for going ahead with making it The Joyful Vegan and being so openly vegan. It's kind of a fun thing to say, isn't it? Being openly vegan instead of having to hide it or something. Um, it's so great to see a whole, everything is vegan. And when Jenny and I visited, we were just amazed by it. I mean, there was a, a large line then and, and we're told that food always sells out. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much every week. It's a rare week when it doesn't. Um, and even then it usually does. It just takes a little longer. But no, we sell out the caravan and we sell out the bakery um, completely. That's so, excellent. 
Yeah, it's it's just been terrific. And we also, um, our kitchen that we work out is 100% vegan. Um, nobody, even if somebody's coming to work with me, is allowed to bring any um, non-vegan foods or anything in to consume, like, on site. Um, and our home is vegan. So for our vegan customers or the ones that care, we can really offer that to them, that we can feel completely comf- confident saying that everything about our product is vegan. So it's been you know, really well received by folks who don't have another sort of, oh, it sounds so, a, a safe place to go and eat because it is hard sometimes. You, you go to places where people want to do the right thing by you, but you know sometimes you consume things that aren't vegan because they just don't get it. Whereas we can offer that to people, like they can come and eat with us and, and we're 100% vegan all the way. Great. Well, Jenny and I, we had, she had the meatball grinder and is that uh, Satan, I think, that you make yourself? Um, yeah, that was a TVP and um, Satan, um, yeah, meatball. That's actually something that we got um, grief from when we first started, was serving things that were quite meaty. And um, sausages, our sausages are, are, are hugely popular. We sell out of those right. even though we bring more of them and we're usually gone by about 10 on those. You have to come quite early to get them. Um, and we had a lot of folks, you know, tell us that we weren't being vegan enough or vegetarian enough and which just cracks me up because I didn't stop eating meat because I didn't like it. I stopped eating it because it was wrong, you know, because of health, but then really because it was wrong to do it. I mean, so we do a lot of stuff like that in our life where it doesn't fit in with our values and we stop it. And so I didn't see why as a vegan I had to stop eating meaty foods. So I have always done like sausages and satan and meatball grinders and, and um, you know, last week was a jackfruit, um, southern barbecue jackfruit sandwich. And that's just kind of the food I really like. I mean, I like all sorts of foods, but sometimes I just like to sit down to something that's big and hearty and meaty. And it's worked really well for us because people haven't seen that type of vegan food in Dunedin anyway. It's usually Indian food or it's a salad if you go somewhere. <laughs> and salads are delicious, but, you know, you know, we, it's nice to have a change. It doesn't, all to me, vegan food means is that it doesn't have animal products in it. Um, I use the word meat. I use the word milk. I don't think the industry, the animal industries own these words. And I think I have just as much right to use them. I use meat. So I don't use meat balls because for me, meat means something that's solid. And so I use the word sausage. I just don't think that, I think we've allowed the animal industry to own these words and I say, screw them. I'm taking them back. Like, <laughs> to me, if I can get someone who eats sausages um, that are made from cow's flesh or pig's flesh and they can come to my caravan and eat a sausage made from white bean and satan and feel just as satisfied, then that to me is, um, that's just awesome. There's one least animal or part of an animal that had to die for that, that person's lunch. So I just am all about changing people's habits that way just a little bit at a time and I think if I give them something that ticks all those boxes then that's just perfect <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's what being you know vegans all about it's just it's doing what keeps you vegan if that makes you feel comfortable and you can s- stick with being vegan because you've done um, what you want to do and you don't have to fit some mold then I think you should go ahead and do it. I think too many non-vegans think we live by all sorts of rules of particular foods and we don't. So, yeah. 
Well, I think it's excellent what you're doing. And I remember when there was Oprah Winfrey went supposedly vegan a, a year or so ago, and I remember that they called it a vegan cleanse. And they also called it vegan-ish, so they sort of introduced a new word. It wasn't vegan, it was vegan-ish. And part of that involved having no coffee and no white sugar and all kinds of things. And I sort of worried at the time that people would think that's what vegans do, that vegans aren't allowed to do anything fun. You know, we're not allowed to uh, give each other high fives because we might crush some microbes in the air or something like that. So it's it's I great. Know. I know. It is so funny what people perceive <laughs> as, or, you know, you're not allowed to eat potato chips and stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, we shouldn't eat potato chips at every meal because they're not healthy. It's nothing to do with veganism, but yeah. Well, Jen and I, I had the tofu burger, and I'm, I'm quite big. I'm 1.95 metres tall, about 6 foot 5 for American listeners. And it was pretty big even for me. And oh, we also good. had the classic coconut peach layer cake. I'm just looking at our photos here from our Dunedin trip now. And we had it at St. Clair Beach, and it was just amazing. Just a beautiful day to watch the waves, and there were people swimming and dogs and children building sandcastles. And we had this tremendous, great piece of uh, vegan cake, and it was absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much, Tanya, and everyone who made the wonderful cake that we had very welcome we do we try to support the farmers market as much as we can so every um most of things in the case are seasonal like that cake was only around for a couple of weeks just because mm. peaches were just so perfect at that time um but yeah so and i change it up all the time just to keep people interested in coming back and and um and supporting the local growers there so i go each week and get my cases of fruits and veggies and then I decide what I can do with them that week so it keeps it fun and interesting that way so yeah <laughs> would you ever like to open a vegan cafe here in New Zealand no absolutely not <laughs> everybody <laughs> asks me that every week we get multiple people like when are you going to open a cafe and I think people have no idea what these people in small business do in cafes they work 15 hours a day, seven days a week. It's crazy. And I take my hat off to them. I really do. I do three days, three long days of cooking. And then we do a very long day on Saturday, about 16 hours. And then I'm done for the week. <laughs> so I don't even know how these people keep doing it. You know, I've worked for people with their own businesses and oh, they work hard. So no, it's not for me. I like, I like this little, you know, my little one day at the market and I come and I, you know, put it out there. But I would love someone else to open a vegan cafe in Dunedin. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I am all about supporting um, um, my competition, if you like. At the moment, I'm mentor, uh, mentoring somebody in the kitchen. Um, right. She's considering opening um, something vegan, and that sort of was part of the deal is that, you know, I'll only teach her vegan techniques and, and my kitchen's vegan. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think there's a huge market for it everywhere. Like, I just see it. I get people down from Christchurch and Auckland and, like, from Invercargill. I get them all over the place saying that they wish they had something local. And they're not vegan. they just like, we just like being able to have an alternative that's healthier and, and feels good to eat. So I think if somebody out there wants to open a vegan cafe, I will definitely come and eat with you. <laughs> I will support you. <laughs> well, you're going to love my next question. Would you please, please, please open the Joyful Vegan Cafe in Invercargill, pretty please? No, that I will mention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we would love to have a vegan cafe here in Invercargill, and especially yeah. one up to your calibre. Invercargill needs it. It would be awesome to have. I think it would be great. I get enough folks that come up from Invercargill to know that. I, it just seems like it would be supported down there. <laughs>
So that ties in well with my last question. If someone listening would like to run a vegan food stand, and that could be at a farmer's market, at a public place, at an event, what sort of advice would you suggest, Tanya, and when it comes to having your own vegan food business? Um, I think that you need to be committed to being vegan. Like, I don't think that you can compromise on that and um, start serving things like cow's milk just because your customers, um, you perceive that your customers want it. So I think that you need to go on with a clear um, idea of who you are and what you're doing, which if it is a vegan cafe, then you're a vegan. Um, and then I think you've just got to do it great. I think, um, unfortunately, in New Zealand, and I think I can say this because I'm a New Zealander, we do many things mediocre. Um, we're very mediocre about the way we do it. We we employ staff that we allow to not treat our customers well, um, you know, that are not great at customer service, and then yet they work in customer service. So I just think we need to, um, um, you know, step up and and if you're going to do it, just really get on board and do it. Have have employed great people who are excited about what you do, um, who are going to be good to your um, customers when they come. There's no point advertising or doing any of these other things if you get people there and then you don't treat them well. So um, I think you need to put out great food. I think that New Zealand businesses and cafes tend to overcharge for their food and they tend to underwhelm people with the food. Their portions are uh, too small and they are just completely mediocre. Um, and I think that we need to change that. Like there is obviously examples of places that are doing it really well, but they're too far and few between. And I think if you're going to do it, that I think what is makes makes a business successful. I think many people go out of business and they blame everybody else other than really what the product they were putting out there. People walk in their door and they give them a shot and if you don't um, give people what they want then they just don't come back and nor should they. Like that's, you know, people vote with their money and so I think if you're going to do it you need to um, test your food before you serve it to anybody and you need to price it out so you know that you're selling it at a fair price and then you just need to get out there and do it the very best that you can and if you're not good with people then don't go into this industry like it's just not for you like yeah, it's like being on a stage and each Saturday we step up and we uh, give it our best shot no matter how we feel about it so it can be cold and it can be raining but you know my customers have come out and therefore I've got to you know be on for them too so I think people need to look at that and then make a decision about whether this is the right industry instead of treating it almost like a default of just something they do to entertain themselves so yes I think it's easy I think it's really easy to do but I think people make it more difficult than they need to so yeah well, thank you very much for your advice. And you mentioned, you mentioned. I like the word mediocre. Um, I rem I've been told that one of the first vegetarian restaurant chains was called Cranks Restaurant, and what a yeah. what a strange name that sounds, Cranks. And so maybe if I ever start a, a vegan restaurant or cafe here in Invercargill, it could be called Mediocre, and our specialty could be tapioca or something like that. So I it's know. kind of an interesting name. I know. <laughs> be easy to you have to beat the name you know you have to really really deliver on the food and and i can just only thank you very much for everything at the joyful vegan we had a wonderful time you absolutely oh, okay. overwhelmed us with all the options and it was wonderful 
Well, I hope you guys can make it back up. I'd love to see you back. <laughs> Caravan. Well, so we do too. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tanya. Thanks, Jordan. Say hi to Jenny. As you can hear, I was so overwhelmed by talking to Tanya again and being so impressed with the Joyful Vegan, all those wonderful memories of great vegan food. I actually said everything rather than everything. Much for everything at the Joyful Vegan. We had a wonderful time. Very much for everything at the Joyful Vegan. We had a wonderful time. Very much for everything at the Joyful Vegan. We had a wonderful time. Yes, we had a wonderful time and everything was lovely. <laughs> Thank you to everyone we visited in Dunedin. Thank you to The Joyful Vegan. Thank you to Circadian Rhythm. Thank you to vegan-friendly cafe Modax. Thank you to Carl Scott. Thank you to Pamela Smith. Thank you to the siren that bled at us in Portobello. Thank you to the geniuses that built Baldwin Street at such an insanely steep angle. Thank you to Chelsea Slow Bay for sharing her great vegan recipe on national television. Thank you to all the vegans in Dunedin. We drove home with hundreds of photos and fond memories. So we've had a lovely weekend here in Dunedin and we're just entering the motorway. We're 215 kilometres away from home in Invercargill. We've had a lovely time, haven't we, Jen? Oh, we sure have. And what are we going to be doing next time, Jordan, next time we come to Dunedin? Um, more of the same, more circadian rhythm, more Modax, and we didn't go to Potpourri. We didn't, no. So lots of food places to still... Um, sample and, and have adventures in but also I want to go to the Chinese gardens and we want to go ice skating. Yes I was going to mention that the disco night on a Friday apparently so we're both looking forward to disco ice skating right? Disco vegans. <laughs> disco vegans okay so for now from the Invercargill Vegan Society goodbye Dead Eden. Bye. Bye. We love you. Bye. And thank you, yes you, be you Julie Gunn or someone very special who I haven't met yet. Thank you for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals at www.coexisting.co.nz coexisting.co.nz If you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at info at invsoc.org.nz info at invsoc.org.nz Might as well spell it all out. <laughs> I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, Jordan Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T, and please like our groups. Invercargill Vegan Society and Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Thank you for listening. I hope to visit Dunedin with you one day, or perhaps I'll see you at the Animal Rights Conference in late July, and maybe you'll keep me awake all night. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things, and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you, it's certainly better for the planet, and most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do.